Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Welcome back to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. I'm your host, Chris Riley, and we're talking with hockey coach Kirk Klein. When you're planning out your season for practice, one of the things we talk about here on Inside the Game, um, when you're planning your practice from preseason to start a regular season, going through the grind of a regular season, is there a system that you use or you've developed over the years, like how you start a season, how you begin a season for, let's say, the first like 10 games? Do you break it down into segments as you're going along or do you just kind of look at it like, OK, we'll take each day as it comes? Yeah, you always go in with a broad plan, right? Even in New Jersey, Lou, we get this training camp schedule, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, practice times, all this stuff. Like the second day, that sucker's out the window, you know? So yeah, you got a plan, but then you're going to pretty much audible every single day. Because to me, what you're going to do tomorrow depends on what you got accomplished today. You know what I'm saying? So when mm -hmm. it comes to systems in the American League, we can talk American League. And then I know that this is for other coaches as well, right? There's other coaches that don't have to deal with the dynamics of the American Hockey League and how you're tied into the NHL because you basically mirror the NHL's system makes sense, right? You're going to put together your forechecking system based on what your NHL club is going to do. You're going to play the same neutral zone as they are. And you're going to play the same defensive zone coverages, just like the NHL, because if a kid gets called up, you can't have them in the coach's office with the whiteboard out trying to show them what the systems are. They got to know what the systems are. So from that standpoint, the American League is pretty simple. You're just modifying to the head coach's systems. And so that's pretty straightforward. If you're not in the American League, then you're going to coach to your strengths. And like, what kind of a forecheck do you like? Like, what's your group and how do you want to play with this group, right? How do you want them to be in the neutral zone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But my point initially was probably my best valid point is like, I can't really plan tomorrow's practice until I see what we got accomplished today. And then the other part of it is at every level nowadays, kids are playing on some, sometimes kids are playing on two teams. Yeah. They don't even show up for some practices. You know what I'm saying? So that whacks your practice. You almost have to show up with, with two practices now, like, Oh, if everybody shows up, I can run this practice. But if we only have 12 skaters, I'm going to have to run this practice. It's a big challenge. Um, and it actually does go on out there. So I think you have to be in the moment. I have a thought, I have a plan. And then I, then I modify it every day, but I, but I'm not going to say I change because you can't be all over the map, right? When I say change, I'm just talking about adjusting, tweaking, but you can't be all over the place because you'll confuse your players, but you got to be able to adjust. We're talking with Kirk Klein and here on inside the game brought to you by flex coach and flex coach VR. Let's go into going to coach for Lou Lamarillo. Now you're on the other side. You're not a player anymore for him. You're now not an equal in his eyes, but you're an employee, you're a coach for him. Um, what was the difference like when you came in as a coach for him? Ah, uh, my first experience with Lou was as an assistant, which I appreciate, you know, the fact that I was coaching in Europe at the time and I'd stayed in touch and I'd had a conversation with Lou and he says, you know, what are your, what are your plans? And I'm like, you know, 
we'd been over there for three years. And I said, yeah, I think we'd like to come back. And he says, you know, I think I might have something for you. And um, he says, just reach out when you, your season's over with. And once you get back and turns out that Larry Robinson was looking for an assistant coach at the time. And, you know, one thing led to another and that worked out for me. But at the end of the day, you know, I'd, I'd only been a head coach and, you know, it wasn't a great experience to be honest with you. I mean, I, I loved being in the NHL and I love the fact that we made the playoffs and I, I probably learned 10 times of what, you know, I thought I knew quite a bit after five years of coaching, um, six years actually. Um, but I learned a lot. Larry Robinson, Slava Fatisov. I mean, being around Lou every day. I mean, it was a wonderful experience, but um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't my best experience. And I think Lou, obviously being Lou, identified that. And then he put me in scouting for five years before he put me in the American League. And so, you know, um, boy, I'll tell you, you, you can't be around that man enough. Um, you know, some of my best experiences were around Lou. And the, the beauty of Lou was, you know, when he did put me in Lowell in the American League, I mean, I, I knew exactly what my mission was. I knew what Lou's expectations were. And, you know, I just went about it. What I did like is he kind of left me alone. You know, he didn't micromanage or anything like that. And, you know, I think we did a, a very nice job, actually, you know. Um, but yeah, no, he wasn't, he wasn't micromanaging. Chris's son was my boss. But even there, you know, Chris was really good about just allowing myself and Kevin Dean to coach the team. What was it like to coach with Larry Robinson and Slava Fatisov? Those are legends yeah, in, yeah. in hockey circles. I mean, was it like getting a, a, a master's degree or an MBA or a PhD in hockey, listening yeah. to these guys every day? And having Marty Berdur there. And, <laughs> I was going to so say, me. Marty's there, Scott Stevens, Ken Danico. Uh, yeah, yeah Marty, on. Kenny Danico, Scotty Stevens. You know, I, I, used, I did the penalty killing, right? So I was doing the penalty, which I love. My, I love. I love penalty killing, and that's what I did. And uh, I did a, it was a penalty killing meeting. I think I'm going to say it was in Phoenix, right? And I finish it. And Marty comes up to me right after the meeting. He says, 23. I says, 23. What are you talking about? 23. He said, you said, okay, 23 times. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's all he's Marty. listening to. You're like, okay, Marty, thank you. I said, thank you, Marty. <laughs> no, I didn't say, I didn't say, okay, much after that. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, Larry had won in 95 as the assistant coach was Jacques Lemaire there. He comes back, he wins in 2000. Um, how did he approach the game? How did he approach working with the players? I mean, were you picking up on things that, you know, he, he was, he won all those Stanley cups in Montreal. He's had tremendous success and here he is now he's, he's your boss in a sense. And, and you're working with him on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, it must've been intimidating, but at the same time, educational to you. It was wonderful. Yeah. And he's the nicest guy ever still to this day. We, we stay in touch, right? Like he's just, he's just the nicest guy. Jacques Caron was there. Um, he was our goalie coach. So, um, yeah, no, it was, like I said, I, I, I wish, I wish that I had had a better experience because, you know, it could have taken me, but I, I'm, I'm not disappointed in the path that I took. Like I, I'm very happy with the route that I went and, 
you know, I mean, to, to do what I've done for 30 years, are you kidding me? Like, it's, it's amazing, you know, and to do 15 years in the NHL is pretty awesome, you know. Um, but at that time, assistant coach just, just, I didn't do a good job. And I it just wasn't a good experience for me, you know, but that doesn't mean I didn't learn I didn't learn a lot. I mean, we, we, there were there times when you're in that locker room with, with him and Slava Fatisov and they're talking about making adjustments during a game and we were just taking notes on what they were saying. Well, stuff, they were see, stuff they're seeing that like yeah. other people don't see. I mean, they're elite defensemen. Yeah. You know, they weren't it's, like your average guy in the NHL. These were elite players. Well, and this was really the first time, like, let me set this up for you because it's pretty awesome. You know, most people wouldn't, wouldn't understand how in you know and in professional hockey you have like it's 18 minutes right like from the moment the buzzer goes off after the period you got 18 minutes before you're out and they drop the next puck you got 18 minutes and so in our world here's the way it works you got 18 minutes but really you have eight minutes because you're going to address your team generally with 10 minutes on the clock right because you're going to make always making adjustments so you're off the bench, you're in with your video guy, and you're taking a look at whatever you need to look at. Like what's giving you fits, you know? Are, are they, what, what are they doing on their forecheck, right? We can't get out, let's take a look at some forechecking clips. Or, you know, what are they doing in the neutral zone? Or, you know, what, we gotta take a look at some of their power play sets because they're freaking, they're gonna score if we don't get our act together. You got eight minutes to do that, you know? And then off you go at the 10 minute mark, and then you share what you just saw with your group. And then you get the heck out of there because they need those last five or six minutes to get their minds back for the drop of the puck. So I'd never seen that before, right? What a great experience to sit there and just watch them work what they saw that we needed to maybe adjust to. It's pretty awesome, you know? Really it's, awesome. it's moving. It's moving very fast. I Amazing. mean, it's, 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 you, you know, people think 18 minutes is a long time a long time really it's not well you know, like, yes it's, it's, some of your listeners because we've got the season coming up like the moment the period is over set their iphone for eight minutes and you'll see how much how fast that goes in and and and, gen, and i say 10 it might be nine but it's generally it's 10 minutes because you, you want your boys to know i'm in here at 10 i need you in here at 10 so that we can go over these adjustments it's generally 10 it could be another number right but but in you go and then you're sitting there you're presenting you're trying to get your message across and then you get the heck out of there you know it's not is a it, lot of time is is it when those guys come in to do that and they're going to make those changes are they looking at maybe like two or three things they don't want to give them too much information right. they well, want to say here are two quick things that we've yeah. seen got to watch out for this that's what yeah, the terminology i use is i don't want to muddy their minds right and most of what we're doing is what we do right because you want to be the ones that are initiating right you want to initiate you don't want to be the ones that are reacting you want to be initiating everything but there's always going to be a little something that you can share with your guys. You know, we, we're, we're not doing, you, you can even speak to you, you know, you can speak to not necessarily what they're doing. You know, you can, you can take a look at what they're doing. Right. But when you go to address your team, you're going to say, here's what we need to do. You know, here's what we need to do and then go out and do it. You know, so you're working from your strengths and you're the ones you're initiating rather than feeling like, you're countering what they're doing now on the bench during, during play, or as the, as the periods are moving along, 
are they are you making adjustments with the players? Are you telling them different things, or you just you letting the, the the system or whatever you've worked on just flow and let them play the game? You're not trying to get in their ear much. Correct, but but you are. You know, yeah. it's it's a constant. And now you you know they got tablets on the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like they come back, yeah. like the head coach is going to say to their assistant coach, "Hey, show make sure Chris just sees that." You know, and they're going to put that. The players want that. You, you get that, right? Like they're, this is their world now. This is what, this is just the way they are. They want that. It's not like they don't want it. It's not like they're going to roll. They want that. They want, they want that technical stuff and they want to know that they're prepared in that moment for their next shift. It's, it's crazy, but you know, and you wouldn't know it, but the coaches are constantly coaching because why would you know it? If you're not at the game across from the coach, you're not why, and even when you're there, you're not watching the coach, you're watching the play. I did all my coach, like I'm coaching the whole time the puck is in play. It's almost like you're doing play by play. Are you telling them, like, hey guys, look, they're doing this. This is what we got to look for. You know, like the yes. action's going on. 100%. And, and, and the players are there and they're just like, oh, okay. You know, because yeah. when I coached, I only coached at the high school level, but I, I remember telling kids different things like, look at that's what's happening right now. You've got to jump into that, cut that kid off, take that kid out. It's what you need to do. And, and some, and sometimes it's just, guys, we got to, we got to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> They're winning every battle, you know, a lot. That's generally they're, they're winning every battle, you know, they're winning every battle guys. Come on. Or we, we can't be turning pucks over in the neutral zone guys. We're playing with fire here, right? That's the kind of stuff that, that you're coaching. Now you might've put something in place that was really important to your plan. Right. And some, and for some reason, the boys aren't, aren't executing like you're you you want your your third guy your f3 you want him in a certain place you know whether he's in the middle of the ice or strong side top of the circles i mean you might have put something in place that they're not responding to you might remind them guys we talked about this come on we need f3 here something like that yeah but you're coaching i gotta tell you you're exhausted after the game you know because most again, most people wouldn't understand it, but you, you know, you, you go to bed with tomorrow night's game on your mind, then you go to the rink and you know, you've, you put a little bit of a morning skate plan in, in, in place. you you may have your penalty killing meeting in the morning, but in any case, you know, you're going to run a morning skate. You're going to have a penalty killing meeting at some point with your penalty killers. You're going to have a power play meeting at some point with both your groups right? You're going to do your five on five team meeting at some point with your group. And then you're going to coach the game. And then you're going to go in after the game and grab your laptop and watch the game back and make all these notes about what we need to do to be better tomorrow. And then you're going to show up to the rink and do it all over again. It's unbelievable. It's the most it's a unbelievable grind. Yeah. And most people would never understand that. They have more help now. You know, yeah. but still, I'm telling you right now, head coaches aren't, they may be delegating, but they're still watching the yeah. every single game, every single penalty kill, every single power play, every single neutral zone, every single four check. Like they're not, not on top of it, right? It's just gotten to be so much. It's the one thing that I like the least right now <laughs> is, is I'm so videoed out. Right. Yeah. And I even set my, my, I set my phone. I'll, I'll do a meeting now. I'll walk in and there, you know, you have to be 
you have to be very organized because you know what it's like, right? Um, it's hard to keep anybody's attention for more than 15 minutes. They've done studies on this. I see it. I'm up in front of my group, 15 minutes go, and all of a sudden, guys' eyes go to the floor and it's nutso. So I'll literally set my video sessions up with a 15 minute time limit. And then I will just challenge my group. I just want 15 minutes. Yeah. I want 15 minutes. Yeah. That was segment four with Kirk Klein endorsed here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Stay tuned for segment five. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.